Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Get a Job podcast. Today, there's a really great guest on uh, that we had, and his name is Christian P.K. Reeve. Um, we had a really great, long conversation. This this uh, this episode is a little bit longer than usual, uh, but we got into a lot of great topics. Um, you know, everything from world affairs to entrepreneurship to podcasting. Uh He's an actor and voice actor, musician. So we cover all sorts of bases. And just it was a really great conversation of of two creators, people who just love to create and the juggling act that really uh, takes place when you have to, you know, you have to pay the bills and, you know, you have to make money, but you're also very creative. It's that that really tight balancing act that we that we all face. Uh, but again, PK Reeve, uh, Christian is an actor, voice actor, musician, podcaster and content creator from the UK. He is passionate about the art of storytelling, whether that be sharing his own stories, performing on the big screen or in the recording studio, or interviewing people about their incredible stories on his show, The Christian Reeve Podcast, which he has a ton of episodes out. Uh, we cover a lot of the longevity of what it takes to uh, create uh, a podcast and keep it going. Uh, and, you know, he always he's always telling a story and trying to inspire people to be the best that they can be. And to chase their dreams so uh we, we really got along great it was a, a great conversation um so without further ado here is the amazing christian pk reef you you are now listening to get it get it get a job podcast your host logan in front of you and the month sorry and it's very clear you know this is the truth this is the law etc and yet stuff like having the right money knowing the right people can suddenly just change all of that the amount of corrupt the amount of corrupt (laughs) and i'm sure you know there's there's corrupt politicians and governments across the world obviously right but like it's it's I don't know if it's just the media or social media. It just exemplifies everyone in the U.S., I, I think. And obviously, we're in our bubbles from different political parties and so forth. But, yeah, it's it's really – it's funny, man, because I do – I've traveled across the world and always, you know, saying, where are you from? You know, America, they're like, oof. You know, you kind of always get that feeling <laughs> of like, you know, especially when, you know, Trump was in office and and everything and, you know. He might be again, but yeah, it's the amount of corruption within the government system that we have is just, there's no, I don't feel like there's any way of it ever going back to normalcy without there being an absolute crumbling of the system as we know it. That's sort of how I feel around where we're at currently. So. Is this not just corruption though? Like I, I that example I gave, I was watching the documentary and, and they, they were talking about like, how defense lawyers approach, you know, defending their clients. Mm. Right. And something that kind of stood out to me was this, was this idea of like 
questioning the I don't know what the is it defendant as in the the person who's being who's yeah, yeah defend well so you've got the person being mm-hmm. accused and so like their lawyers defending against the defendant I guess that's right isn't it I don't know I'm I terrible so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically I'll, I'll explain it like really simply so uh, the, the people defending the person being yeah. accused their counter argument will be well your evidence is is not credible. We we question the credibility of your, mm. you know, your witness statements and stuff, which is totally fine within the context of law. But it's also kind of crazy that you know you have to be in a witness box, and like, you know, obviously this this documentary I was, I was watching was about you know victims of SA and stuff, and it's like I can only imagine how difficult it must be to sit in a witness box. No, sorry, not witness um, in in that yeah. box and say your experience in front of the mm-hmm. person like they're there they're sitting there and have a lawyer just turn around and be like oh well i don't know if you're you know if what you're saying is, is credible mm-hmm. or, or you know should we even take this person's uh evidences as being credible, credible yeah. given some and then they'll, they'll pull something else out which mm-hmm. is like besides the point like i don't know like there'll, there'll be some other factor which doesn't necessarily pertain to what they're talking about or is important but is not the central point but they'll bring that more into focus and it's almost like a deflection tactic. yeah yeah it, it is yeah. and it's i know law is just yeah, fascinating to me it is. It, no it is in all walks of life you know my, my father he works for uh, a lawyer just in town here and he's got some really high uh high profile NFL players and so forth, but he also helps with, you know, uh, people who just have like DUIs and so forth. And, you know, my dad was combing through some of, you know, the, uh, the body cam footage of a cop and, you know, he's, he's obviously the, uh, the lawyer is a defendant of this guy. So he's looking to get him off and just simply like, you know, trying to find if the cops did everything right. If they said anything wrong, if there's any type of little small thing to just, you know, get him off the case is one thing. Um, but I know exactly the, but okay. To speak to yeah. that though, like if that happens, so let's say just taking that one as an <laughs> example. So let's say something in the, in what the police officer did was not procedure. They did something wrong, right? I don't understand how you can fixate on that. And then that be the reason that the person gets, cause they obviously the joke in, in the States is, oh, they got off on the tech, right. <laughs> but that'll be what it is. They'll be like, Literally. oh, well, the police officer didn't do their job with <laughs> this. You know, they didn't. Uh, I don't know, rub their badge three times with, and they're supposed to rub their badge three right. times every time they <laughs> book someone. So because they didn't do that, that means this person gets off mm-hmm. on DUI. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But so we're just going to ignore the fact that they were breathalyzed right. and they're definitely under the influence. Well, yeah, because they didn't right. rub their badge three times. Yeah. It's, it, it's <laughs> not, it, yeah, I guess I never really thought of it like that, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's really nuts. And I, you know, I, again, it's, it's funny talking to people outside of the States, man, because, you know, uh, we mm. first started talking about this, you know, it was, yeah, politics in here is, is cra- over here is crazy. And, you know, that's a whole different, you know, conversation that could be well, had, it but too. it's just, it's a complete chaos, man. I mean, you got two people running that will be running against each other that should nowhere be near anything in terms of, uh, you know, any type of laws or structure or, you know, wars or policies should not even be remotely clear near it. So 
it's it's crazy, man. But we've been dealing with that now for for years and years. So you know, hopefully it gets better at some point. But I'm not very optimistic about it. No. Yeah, I tend to steer it clear of, of politics yeah. and just try and focus on like doing positive yeah. things. And like I was thinking about this the other day, like. I suppose what I really want to do above all else is contribute positive things to the world. Mm -hmm. Cause I just see that there's so much stuff that's like negative or just not going well. Like I've had people say that online to me before, like, well, why don't you get involved in politics? Why don't you, you know, take a stand on this, that, mm -hmm. and the other. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do and you have to, but like, I think it's just more cause I'm focused on doing the positive yeah. stuff, trying to, bring stuff in people's everyday life that they can maybe distract themselves for five minutes and have that positive thing or just remind them that, Hey, like not everything in life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes there's that like, really good stuff as yeah. well. And I want to be a reminder of that and try to, you know, bring that to the mm -hmm. forefront as much as possible. Yeah. It's in your, it's in your yeah, control, right? It's what you can control. And you know, if, if you're just putting out positive vibes and just, you know, having that positive mindset, uh, abundance mindset, things are going to come your way. Like you, you talked before, like you, you kind of always know things are going to work out, right? It's that, you know, that sort of feeling that you, you just, you put your faith in something, your belief in something and, and keep being positive in the world and what you control. And it tends to work out. Oh, I'll add to that though, because I, I did say that, <laughs> but what I really meant was, I'm sure it'll work out because it always worked out before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time I was in a worse situation. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess it's more just like not thinking about it going mm -hmm. wrong and rather just trying to you know, hope and pray it's that it goes real, right. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, okay. In all seriousness, I think it comes down to action. Right. Maybe. You know, like I mentioned before, okay, that's five shifts canceled mm -hmm. this month. So what am I going to do about yeah. it? Well, I'm going to throw myself out there online. I'm going to do like live streaming content creation. That's yeah. free. That's something that I'm, that I can do. Apparently I'm good at it. I don't know. I've been doing it mm -hmm. a long time now, but it's a way to make money or at least mm -hmm. try. Yeah. And as well as, you know, promote brands, promote mm -hmm. what you're doing. Obviously, as I mentioned before, hello everybody, by the way, I'm an actor, <laughs> yeah. voice actor, yeah. podcaster, musician, and content creator from the UK. There's a lot of things that I'm chasing. Um, and the one thing I learned from, from business and study and marketing was that like, basically you're promoting yourself 24 seven, mm -hmm. you are selling yourself 24 seven. That sounds dodgy, yeah. but it's true. Um, in, in a acting book written by Michael Caine, which is adapted from lectures he did in the nineties at the BBC, he says something to the effect of like, basically all the time like in every situation, it's an audition. Mm. Yep. You know, like even in situations where you think it's not, it mm -hmm. is an audition. Like in instances where, you know, like I mentioned before, I do a lot of hospitality work to make ends meet. I don't want to do it, but it, you know, yep. needs must. And I give it my all. I give it my all because A, you're paid to do a job and you yep. do it well. B, everything I do is a reflection of myself and therefore... You know, if I want to be taken seriously as this professional actor that does this, then I should also be this professional that does other things. It shouldn't be like, a, oh, well, he tries really hard at what he cares about, but he just doesn't bother with the right. things he doesn't. Like, I think that sets the wrong example. It's inconsistent. Yeah. 
Plus, you never know who you're going to exactly. meet <laughs> and like who you're going to bump yeah. into. Like I think about that every mm -hmm. day with everything I do and everyone I talk to. I try to invest myself in, in the conversation and what's going on as much as possible and really mm -hmm. be there. And like, for instance, I don't know where this show will go. Maybe it'll just be like a nice little mm -hmm. tidbit for us both. Or maybe it'll be the thing that changes the rest right. of our lives. Exactly. But I'm going to give it my own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. So Christian, yeah, you did a short introduction of yourself, man. Um, but dude, you you literally, <laughs> you're do it, you do it all. I mean, like I said, voice actor, actor, musician, poet, podcaster, marketing, you know, extraordinaire. Um, so I, I'm really fascinated with, with everything that you're doing because I, I think we both resonate in the same aspect that we're both just creatives at heart. I mean, we love the ability to create. doesn't matter what it is. It's just that, that creation that gives us sort of that fulfillment. Um, but I want to start from the beginning, man. I mean, let's let's talk about the very beginning in, of, of your journey into, uh, I guess, uh, entrepreneurship and and really what I mean, you, you, you know, it seems like you're kind of dabbling here and there with nine to fives and so forth. But like, take us back to the beginning, man. Like, why didn't you just go ahead and head and just get a regular job and just be like, OK, I got benefits. I'm, I'm good to go. Why did you go around and 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 kind of. Uh, want to find your passion with all these different creatives? I've answered this question many times over the years in different ways, but I'm going to answer it a little bit differently this time. You said, why didn't I choose to do that? Well, I mm. did. I did the nine mm -hmm. to five. I studied marketing at uni, did it for years. And it just didn't make me happy. Like I got into it. Like I remember, I remember like eight months into that job, my first proper marketing role. I was, I was living in Europe at the time. I had, you know, I had personal stuff going on, but like the job was fine. <laughs> it was like one of the only positive things in my life. And for the longest time I enjoyed it. I was like, wow, they like, pay me to sit behind a desk and write social media <laughs> content and emails. Like, I can't yeah. believe this. Like, it, it was kind of funny to me. But, you know, I think the reality is eventually you start learning who you are. And I, I know that sounds like the most cliche mm. thing ever, but it's mm. true. Sometimes, like, if you really embrace life and everything that it means, what you'll start realizing is that you learn things about yourself that surprise you. There's things you know, truths you know about yourself that are just, you knew that since the day you were mm -hmm. born. But then there's other things that maybe you've tried to deny it. Maybe you try to avoid it. But a lot of the time, that's what you are. The thing I always avoided was this idea of an unconventional life. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd always hear about these people that, and I, I guess that was the thing that always kind of attracted me about business. These entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. these big business people, I didn't really care so much about like the money or the big company buildings they had. Like none of that really impressed me. The thing that impressed me was like the freedom they had to just kind of go around the world and do what they do. And like, I liked the fact that business was not this thing that is just isolated to offices and like, Oh, if you work really hard, you'll get a promotion and maybe one day you'll be the head of mm -hmm. a company. Like that's how it's sold to you. But the reality is that's not how you get successful in business. Mm -hmm. Business is more about being bold, being daring, 
again, I know it sounds cliche, but the people like you ever had that boss or that person that you work with and you wondered like, why did they get these opportunities, these yep. chances? They don't deserve yep. it. They might not even be good at their job, but the single qualities that they had that pushed them and made them a manager or something bigger was the fact that they were bold mm -hmm. and daring. They took the chances that other people, quite frankly, are not willing sure. to take. And that job, a good example, I will extend onto that. So I was already getting itchy feet anyway. And I remember I took on like this big project and basically the job evolved from one thing into another. Like mm -hmm. most jobs, I started as like a writer. I ended up managing a whole SEO oh, project wow. and a bunch of other <laughs> things. And, you know, and I remember going up to my boss at that time and I was like, listen, I, I was, it was, it was pretty yeah. bold, but I basically gave him an ultimatum. I said, uh, this is what my job has evolved into. I think I deserve more mm -hmm. money and possibly a promotion for this. And if I don't get it, I think I should just go yep. elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she agreed and she, she gave me the nice. promotion. Yeah. Um, I think she saw in that, that there was an opportunity to do sure. other things and that it might be a shame to lose me from the team and stuff, but mm -hmm. it was bold. She could have said no. And I could have just been like, okay, I'll right. see you later. But I knew that I was worth more. And I knew that there was like, like, why not? Why not mm -hmm. take the risk? You know, this is how you get successful is by taking these risks. And the reality is a lot of the time you take the risks and they probably won't work out, but you learn stuff from it. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm never afraid yeah. to take a risk, but I do always weigh things up. I don't just blindly go into things and go right. screw it. Like I, I, yeah, I think calculated risk, I guess. Right. Yep. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, like, you know, I, I really did give it my best with the corporate world, but it just wasn't good yeah. enough for me. Um, it was also, and we're learning this a lot more in business now is that look, a lot of the time you can get the work of like a 40 hour week done in a <laughs> <Yes>. few hours. <laughs> and then what, like what, what's the rest of your week? You're just there. You're on call, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, and you see some companies get it and you know, they'll structure everything based on a project by project mm -hmm. basis or hiring subcontractors or whatever. But a lot of companies don't, they, they feel the need to like have people there just kind of doing their thing. And then they wonder why people are not very productive right. with their time. And it's like, well, probably cause they got all their work done or they're trying to kind of space it out, <laughs> spread it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we all do right. it. Like, don't pretend right. you don't, everyone does. Um, there'll be some grafters. There'll be people who are trying to push it and trying to get somewhere with it. And, you know, respect, but just be careful with that. Realize that like hard work alone is not enough to get you what you mm -hmm. want in life. You need to kind of look at how the daily efforts of what you're trying to achieve are actually getting you to your end mm -hmm. goals. And to bring it back to, to answering your, your question of like the creative side of things and, and why I'm pursuing that. Well, like I said, I, I pursued everything with the nine to five and marketing it just didn't give me what I wanted. I've done every type of customer service job you can think of. I've done sales, I've done recruitment, you know, and a lot of the time it was just doing stuff to, to get a paycheck, to get money coming in so I could keep doing creative yeah. stuff. It was only a few years ago that I really figured out that acting was what I wanted to do and creative stuff by extension was what I wanted to do. And that's what makes sense for me. And 
to go back to a previous point, you know, at the end of the day, when you start to lean more into what makes sense for you as a human being, and you stop paying attention to what everyone is telling you you should be, or what society thinks yeah. you should be, at the, you know, or what you should be doing at this point in your life, like forget all that. Look at what feels right for you and make that your focus. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you'll be happier yeah. for it. I'm 30 years old. I turned 30 last year. This is me. Last year was more of a setup mm -hmm. year for acting and everything. On all bases, the podcast that I do, the acting I do, the voice acting, the online stuff I'm doing, it's in the best place it's ever been because I believe in myself. I believe in what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And most importantly, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah that's most important. And I think that if, if nothing else, if there's a parting message from, from this spiel <laughs> is, um, you got to kind of move towards those things that you resonate with and that make sense for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, try different things, you know, like I don't regret trying corporate. I don't regret going to uni. I, I, I know there's other people that are like, Oh, don't you think it's a waste of time? I think a lot about the fact that like our mistakes and the things we do in life essentially kind of build the person we mm -hmm. become. So I look all at all of that as like necessary in For the sure. journey, but it's also like, I don't know. It's just worth trying. And it's, yeah. and it's also stuff that you can use. Like I use marketing right. all the time. Right. And it's, but it's, it's all there. And it's, I don't feel like it's ever not valuable because if nothing else, it gave me life mm -hmm. experience. And if you look at acting, what's acting about, it's about portraying characters based on mm -hmm. real life, you know, telling stories. When I started focusing in on that, trying to tell stories through acting, through voice acting, through podcasting, through live streams, through interviews, mm. you know, giving it your all. The amount of shows I've seen where people have appeared on people's podcasts or vice versa, and it's, it's just run of the mill. It's like, yeah, I'll answer the questions, mm -hmm. blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Why not try create something right. great, something entertaining, mm -hmm. something that people will listen to and get something yeah. out of? I, I love that, man. You know, I, I, I interviewed uh, Russ Perry from uh, the owner of Design Pickle, and he um, he said something very, very similar. We're talking about entrepreneurship and, and nine to five jobs and so forth. And he said basically the exact same thing that you said uh, just now. And that was, you know, why not? Right. Like, you know, and, and I see this so much now with the younger generation, uh, a good friend of mine's 20 something years old and you know, failed at a project and he thinks his world is over, right? I'm like, man, like you, you should like the, the nine to five jobs, like, as you said, gives you so much life skills. I mean, you know, I worked as a landscaper, I worked on a golf course, you know, I worked, I was a swim instructor with children. I worked at a, you know, logistics medical device company. I learned so much through all those years of just bump, bouncing around from different areas and uh, really found who I was. So it's so crazy now. And again, with social media and seeing the entrepreneurs with the money and flying around and playing and stuff, and that they feel like it's a one and done thing with the projects that you should be able to find it now. Well, no, it takes some time to be able to find out who you are and where you want to go on this life. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a really crazy, really crazy, crazy thing. And I, I think it does take time um, for, for the most part. Some people get lucky. I always use this example as my sister, you know, my sister knew at, you know, sophomore in high school that she wanted to be a dental hygienist. And I always kind of looked at that being like, 
man, I wish I had that, right? Because I had no effing clue what I wanted to, to do, right? Where, you know, my dad and parents were like, you got to go to school, you got to get a degree and blah, 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 and went through that whole process. And at the end of the day, I found out that, again, similar to you, like, I, that doesn't work. It doesn't quite fit. I, you know, I want to be able to be as creative as I, I possibly, uh, possibly uh, can be in life while receiving that fulfillment and being of service to, to others. Let me ask you a question. Because <laughs> this is where it kind of started for me as well. So you follow the mm -hmm. system, you do what you're supposed to do. But in the back of your head, there's this realization. This isn't what I want to do. But I don't know quite what it is. At what point did you kind of figure out like, ah, I need to like be in control of of, of everything and kind of be, you know, like have that kind of freedom, if that makes sense. Cause one thing I can say is that I, it's not that I can't work for right. people, right? <laughs> yeah. To be clear, cause right. I can, I, I sure. still do it, but like, I'm at my best when I'm building towards something that I've created or do, yes. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I understand. I mean, I keep hearing this and I can't ignore it, but people say things to me like, um, you know, if you're working for someone else, you're just achieving it's someone else's dream. Yeah. 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 And it's brutal, but it's true. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that like, like I'll say this, if you're happy and content, mm -hmm. whatever the nine to five, you've got a 60 hour week. Like if you enjoy what you do and you're happy, that's yep. all that matters. Thousand percent. But if you're not, and you need more and you and like I said, you know yourself, you know, like, oh, I need to kind of be in control of this, or I need to do this, that and the other, like, for me, I need freedom, I need control, not because, you know, I have a problem, like, with people doing, you know, telling me what to do. I mean, like, look, in acting, that, that still applies, the sure. director tells you what to do, you know, but for some reason, like, I feel like the biggest thing that always bothered me in business was that I'd have these ideas and I'd be like, why don't we do it like mm -hmm. this? Um, or it'd be like the way that you're doing it right now is losing mm -hmm. us money, but this idea I have could save mm -hmm. us money or like, and they just wouldn't yeah. listen. And then, or, or, or you get something stupid where I remember seeing this, it'd be like, Oh, we're going to spend money on this thing. And you're like, okay, but if we just spent a little bit more on this, it'd be better. And in the long run, we'd, Right. save money and they'd be like no we're gonna we're gonna do this and then it wouldn't work out and they'd be like oh what why didn't it right. work out or like or, or they or they complain and they would say like oh we should have done it this way and we're like well yeah <laughs> you should have and we told you right. not to do that but you and and that's that's always what frustrated me or it'd be like something like oh you know you sure have a lot to say and i'm like yeah, yeah. i do because i right. care about this right you know but like and maybe it's just bad companies, bad, but because companies are run by people, you know, um, sometimes you have amazing teams and it's a joy to work with people. And I've, I've definitely had that, but I've also just had a lot of experiences where all it became about was, you know, power mm -hmm. trips. And, and, and I see that a lot, like in this hospitality stuff that I do, like I come in and I have this overwhelming sense of like, 
dissatisfaction at someone who they just choose to be, I don't know, unkind mm -hmm. or like on your case yep. or I don't know. Like if you ever see me working, I'm very proactive. Mm -hmm. Yes. I look like I know what I'm doing because I know right. what I'm doing. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'll come and ask you. I'll yeah. tell you. But it does kind of irritate me when people come up to me continuously like, do you know what you're doing? Do you need to do this? Do, 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 do. Like, I know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's how I know I need to work for yeah. myself and uh, why I need to be in control. Because, like, I, d I yeah. don't know how to explain that. Do you know exactly, what I'm saying? It's I know like, exactly I, what you're, I know that feeling. Yeah, right? like, if, if yeah. I was... If I was working yeah. for you, just for argument's sake, I'm there, I'm in the marketing department, I'm working for you, right? All I really mm -hmm. need is for you to just come up to me like once a week and be like, all right, so where are we at with these projects? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, how's it going? Okay, cool, cool. Um, here's a few things that I want you mm -hmm. to consider for the week or I need you to do, da 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 da, da. And I'm like, Got great, it. all right, yeah. see yeah. you next week. And that's it. And then I go and I do mm -hmm. the work and then I only contact you or you only contact me if we actually need right. to talk. <laughs> You know, I hate this whole, oh, let's touch meeting, base. Yeah, How's yeah. it going? And I'm like, well, it'd go a lot quicker if you let me do my work, my, work, my job, you know? I just. Oh, man. Actually, you know what? The, the, that's funny you say that because I never really thought about like that. The question you asked me in terms of kind of where, where, where it all kind of began, began a, a, of this thought process of going on my own and whatnot. That, that mm was very very similar it, again it, very similar to, to your story i mean it wasn't it wasn't i worked for multiple businesses you know throughout my whole life and never had a problem with that relationship but yeah the, the smaller micromanaging of it all um did get to me as i kind of worked my way up and got bigger positions i i think to more to answer your question it I get a little bit more was I, I saw growing up, my dad was in a very corporate job, um, you know, did really, really well for himself, but you know, not, I'm not talking nine to five. I'm talking like six to seven. Right. Um, and traveling yeah. as he worked his way up the ladder, he was in a, my dad, this is just, I, I love you. I love you, dad. But, uh, you, you know, um, he, he worked, he did really, really well for himself, but he would have to travel once a month to like Germany and so forth. And, um, I saw that as a younger age being like how much work just took over his life. And I, you know, I, I think that always kind of got back in my head where they're just like, there has to be an easier way. There has to be uh, a balancing act here of, of, cause I, I knew that I wanted to have a family. I know that I wanted to have children and and what and i never wanted to put myself in a position where you know i have to come home from work and still have to put in a couple hours at night and take that away from the family you know so it was something i grew up with uh as seeing that specific situation that you just brought forward right that is like i would say the majority of what corporate businesses mm -hmm. are like as far as their expectations are mm -hmm. concerned. I see it a lot with like graduates coming into companies, big companies, I won't name mm -hmm. any names, but you know the sure. ones I'm talking about. 
And, you know, at first they glamorize the whole, you know, oh, great, this mm-hmm. life, you know, corporate life, Canary <laughs> Wharf, whatever, like, you know, New York, it's so beautiful. And it's like, I understand that. But then you've been in the job about a year and a half and you're working those six till sevens or you're getting out of the office mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. and you're knackered. Because yeah. here's, here's the thing, right? When you come home after a shift like that, you don't have the energy to like cook no. for yourself. So you're spending money on like takeaways mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever else, or maybe you just go straight yeah, to right. bed and you wake up oh. and you do it all over again. And look, I understand living for work and loving it. And like, mm-hmm. I love work, but you know, I rest, I have time to myself. Um, it's a big part of it. And to go back to the point of, of that mm-hmm. situation that you proposed as well, like, I think a lot of people look at it like, okay, this is the sacrifice I have to make to get the life I want in like 30 years mm-hmm. from now, you know, or maybe if I'm lucky, I can retire yeah. early. And it's like, yeah, but you, you spent so much time just working. <laughs> yeah. And here's yeah. the thing, here's the thing. Like if, if, if you're working on something that you love, that's for you, for example, I, I dread to think how many hours I spend on my mm-hmm. podcast, for example. But I'm building mm-hmm. something. It's it's for me. I believe in it. And I'll put as many hours as it takes. And at the end, I'll be able to look at it and be like, this was worth mm-hmm. it. I got a lot out of this and it will never not have been mm-hmm. worth it. If you think about, oh, I spent 60, 70 hours a week, every week for like 30 years working for someone and then now I can retire and, you know, if I'm lucky, maybe I'll live like 10 years and I can enjoy mm-hmm. retirement. Like, <sighs> yeah, you're not living. First yeah, of all, it's, it's yeah, yeah I, I, it's not yeah. life. And also, look, I'll give you a bit of a reality check here. Who says you're going to live that long? <laughs> right. I'm yeah. serious, man. <laughs> There's loads of people perfectly mm-hmm. healthy. They die in their mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, 50s. It happens. Know. It's unpredictable. Like I can just end like that. And you need to look at yourself in the mirror every day and be like, is, is, am I getting the most out of yeah. my life? Am I enjoying this? You mentioned family. Am I seeing my family mm-hmm. enough? Yep. You know, that should be your focus. Mm-hmm. Am I seeing the family enough? Am I loving life mm-hmm. enough? Or is it all just about yeah. working? And I do see it. I see it. I, I shift. I mean, I, you know, talk again, this, this, the show is you know, predominantly towards younger entrepreneurs. And I, I talk with all sure. uh, younger people who have gone out on their own. And there, I, I do see a shift definitely within the States here of, of that sort of balance, you know, again, but, and, and it's yes. funny too, because it's going up against a, an economy that is not what it was in the fifties or the sixties or seventies and eighties and so forth, where the price mm-hmm. of housing has gone up crazy amount and but still you know the the younger generation are, is is sort of trying to find that balance i think it's i think it's great i mean uh, for me for me you, you know uh, meditation and, and and all those like yoga stuff what definitely helped me sort of frame that mindset um but to your point like families uh community the people that you have around you to be able to have you in that stable position i i think is it is incredibly helpful if, if you do have that um, I want it. The key is always right. balance. Like yes, yeah, it's balance. 
yeah. I'm I'm not saying for anyone that's sitting listening, if if you, yeah, if you're a young entrepreneur, like I'm not saying don't work towards your dreams. Believe me, I work like mm-hmm. crazy for mine, but I know when to rest. I know when to take time off and enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll give you an example. My my partner's coming to stay with me this mm-hmm. weekend, long distance. She lives somewhere else, and I book time out of my schedule mm-hmm. for that, and that's there. And I will be completely with her, and it'll be a really mm-hmm. good time. Right. But I still have made the time for work, the time for mm-hmm. rest. I'm hitting the gym tomorrow before I do other stuff. You sure. see what I mean? It's just scheduling your time. And I also find time to sit and watch like Netflix docs <laughs> or have a bit of time and, and enjoy yeah. myself and laugh around or like go out and have a drink with friends mm-hmm. or something. The balance of all things. You can still work tremendously mm-hmm. hard towards your dreams, your goals, business, whatever it is you're working towards and enjoy life. And I think that's the key. Like grind culture, as far as I'm concerned, is is a very slippery sure. slope. Sure. Um, I I I had to learn to rest mm-hmm. more. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Like last year in August time, um, as I mentioned before, I'm an actor, mm-hmm. voice actor, singer. Like my my voice is really sure. important. So when I got ill and I couldn't speak for the better part of a month and a half, oh, it's a month and a half, Jesus, that would be that bad. No, it was about, it was about a week, yeah. eight days, something like that. I couldn't mm-hmm. speak. It hurt to eat, to drink. I was sat at my TV, just miserable, <laughs> just watching and just, yeah. I was miserable. At one point it got so bad, I had to go to A&E and then like, you know, try and get it mm-hmm. sorted out. You know, it was mm-hmm. bad, but it put things into perspective. You know, when I remember talking to my audience about it and they were like, you need to rest. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And so I started doing that. Was that a, was that a, I mean, obviously it was, it was a physical thing that happened um, mm-hmm. to you and that put things in, in perspective. But I, I do think, and I agree that resting and knowing, listening to your body, uh, first and foremost in, in your gut is like, you know, I, I I'm, I'm I'm totally agreeing. With the, the hustle the hustle culture is just completely over overrated, and it, I don't think it's sustainable. Um, but before that, did you? What, let, do, okay, I'll answer your question in a second. But just just to, to that point, the people that push hustle culture, right? They neglect to mention that they have time. They have people hmm. working for them that help them achieve that. Good point. They weren't that. That's the thing. They push this idea that. You need to be working 80 hours a week and never stop and never have breaks and sleep is mm-hmm. for the week. That's bullshit. <laughs> Part of my language, yeah, no, but it, it is. You're not a machine. Right. You have to mm-hmm. rest. And you know what? It's, it's rest is good f- for being more productive as well. Absolutely. Right. Like in the, in the same way that like if you push a car to the point where it breaks down and then get annoyed at the fact that it's not going right. anymore. Well, right. what do you expect? You've pushed it past mm-hmm. its limit. You have to like you know, take care, get it some OTs, mm-hmm. give it lubricants, give it all the things it needs, give it rest, you know, all that, right? That's, you're the same. A human being is exactly mm-hmm. the same. And that's why balance is key. And like, I feel like, and this goes more into my mm-hmm. beliefs. So if you don't believe this, fair enough. But like, I got to say, I think the mind and the body tells you everything you need mm-hmm. to know. Cool. It tells you to stop. It tell like, okay, this is a bit more serious, but to the point, I had a a clip from Jim Carrey a while back and it's, it's been doing the rounds. You might've seen it. 
someone asks him what's the difference between like you know sadness and depression and he explains what sadness is but when he talks about depression he says that essentially it's your body desperately you know asking for rest mm. and that's the thing like a lot of people find themselves with these conditions because they've been pushing themselves too hard you hear about grind grind into the point of mm -hmm. burnout like well why do people get to the point right. of burnouts because and and here's another thing as well like you, what you think a two-week holiday is going to fix that <laughs> no it's something has right. to change it's no it's no coincidence that people come back from their two-week holiday and think hmm you know what i need to just like change right. my life because this is not working <laughs> right. for me this i'm not excited to go mm -hmm. back anymore you know it's it's like it has to work for you and there has to be balance mm. in all areas. That's yeah. the reality. And I think that there are things that exist within the workplace that need to change. Like I'll give you a really small example of something that will demonstrate mm -hmm. my point. I remember one job I had is the traditional eight to five, nine to five, but every time it would get to 5 PM, naturally people start packing up their desks at like quarter yep. two, you know, um, you're still right. there, but it's like, you know, you, you, you're winding down. Like I probably arrived mm -hmm. early, you know, it, it works, it yep. works out. Right. But there are clock watchers. There are people that, you know, frown upon that. I understand, but I finish at five. That's when mm -hmm. I go home. I don't expect to be having a conversation with a manager where they're turning around and being like, Oh, Oh, you're leaving right. now. Oh, but I'm staying. Oh, oh okay. We'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> Um, do I get paid past 5 p.m.? No. Okay. Uh, and you're choosing to stay because because yeah. why? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I've like, had that it, job. Toxic things <laughs> like that. that yeah, we've all had that job. And and the reality is, when you're younger, when you when you first started, oh, sorry, yeah, when when you first started. Um, and you're first getting into it. I mean, maybe, maybe this is really appropriate for for the younger listeners. Um, look, I understand you got a graft in, in the early stages because, you know, you've got no leverage. You've got nothing, no leg to stand on. I understand. But don't let them manipulate right. you. You know, don't, don't let them make you feel like, oh, I need to be putting in all these extra hours in order to impress. Like, that's not going to make mm -hmm. a difference. All you're doing is working for right. free. <laughs> exactly. Like, the, 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 the things that are going to get you noticed yeah. are like when you are in that networking mm -hmm. event and you go talk to those managers that everyone's too afraid right. to talk to. Right. Or when you ask questions, good mm -hmm. questions that no one bothered right. to ask, or you're bold in a meeting, you'll say something that surprises people and they're like, Oh wow. And like, you know, you're not afraid to like, Oh, what if they fire right. me? Like, you know, that's the stuff that's going to get you noticed and get you somewhere mm -hmm. in business. For sure, man. Um, no, I, I, the, the balancing act is something that, is again, just to kind of put a bow on this is, is crucial and um, figuring out what that looks like for you earlier, meaning, you know, I, you mentioned scheduling things, right, which I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs know that is, is crucial and, and important, but it wasn't until I actually scheduled things out in my account, and I still mess up today, you know, doing this stuff, but you know, having that break of, okay, you know, my, the, the day is broken up into different tasks or different things I need to do and meetings and so forth. But for me, even that, like setting a reminder at five o'clock being like, mm -hmm. here's a transition from business to family, right? That sort of, yes. and that can be like, if I go to the gym or 
take a walk with my dog just to kind of let everything pass. But that separation within the calendar is super important. Um, I did. Oh, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, no, wait, look, if it's fri Friday at 5 mm -hmm. p.m., 6 p.m., whenever your work week finishes, um, be, be strict mm -hmm. with it. You know, those emails can wait till Monday right. morning. Thousands. You know? um, there's, there's no, unless you work in a hospital or something, there's no emergency that urgently requires. I mean, I know it's a little bit different if you're like a CEO or your board member and I don't know, maybe some deal went through over the weekend and it needs your immediate. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I'm not completely, I'm not a complete right. idiot. I do realize that. But if you're like a, a, you know, a standard office worker, a standard part of the team, like that, that stuff yeah. can wait, you know, like they don't, that time away from, business away from work is is precious man you're not going to get that yeah. back and don't let other things affect it um and this is another reason why like i needed that like freedom in my life like i like the ability that i can have a tuesday off or mm -hmm. any other day off and like it's you know i choose my right. schedule right i needed that i needed that freedom mm -hmm. for, but that again that's just yeah. for me that's what worked for me but i like to push this idea to people that this is a possibility like don't stay in these jobs just because you feel like that's the alternative mm -hmm. or so the only alternative it's not mm -hmm. there's a lot of different alternatives sure. out there look working freelance working self-employed it's really hard i mean i a lot of the time i probably work more than the average office mm -hmm. worker but at the same time it goes in yeah. waves sometimes there's nothing sometimes oh, yeah. i'm crazy mm -hmm. busy but it's just a different way. It's adjusting to a different way yeah. of life. Yeah, it's funny, man. And I guess I want to push that. Yeah, and once you once you kind of get that feeling of freedom, setting your own schedules, just just really no, really like going back or so forth. Uh, it's it's something that freedom is is really it's a good feeling to have. I I, I wanted to transition because um I want to talk more. I want to talk about the acting side of of what you're okay. doing because I've always just been very. Um, just curious of, of of the mindset, I guess that goes that goes into it. So, I guess I would love to know, like, when did you first? When did, when was when was like the acting thing something that you wanted to do, or the voice acting thing that was like, I I want to do this, I want to pursue this, and then the mindset that goes into playing a character. It's something I've always been, you know, fascinated to to learn more about. Okay, so I'll answer the. The first question first. So started five mm -hmm. years ago. I was living and working in abroad in a country called Estonia. Um, I was in I was in my marketing job, my, my main job when I was there. I had a few different companies that I worked for over there, but there was one company that I worked for for nearly two years. And during that time, like I said, I was kind of disillusioned. I was a bit it's the cliche, like something's missing from life, but I can't really figure out what it is. Plus I had all this other personal stuff going mm -hmm. on. So who really knows? Like I was just kind of, you know, I'll say this much. If you're in your twenties right now and you don't know what the hell is going on with your life or what to do, or, you know, you feel like you should have it figured out. No, no one in their twenties no. has it all figured out. No one does. Like it, it, this is the time when right. you figure it right. out. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, like I was 26 and I'm in the office. Someone comes up to me, a friend, and he was like, some people I know are doing a short <laughs> film and they're looking for a guy from England 
from London to play in it. I just thought that was yeah. really funny. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, only only English guy, like a thousand miles. Because this company, like they were, like I, I had like my work, but then I'd always have people like pinging in through like, what was it we used? Jira and the other things. Slack, Slack. yeah. Uh, Slack mm-hmm. messages. Like, oh my God, no one, people wouldn't even make tickets. They would just send me Slack messages. Like, hey, can you proofread this? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a douchebag right. about it. I would just right. do it. But then I'd be like, because it's one thing if someone sends you over a sheet of, and you're like, okay, I'll quickly right. just look at this. But when they send you like a 15 word doc, I'm like, yeah, this, that's yeah. This is this is this make a make right. a task. This is right. work. This is not even in my job description. <laughs> like, I'll do it because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm a reasonable right. guy. But like, understand that this is my time that I need to be sure. doing other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was dealing with. So like, I just kind of found it funny. Like, yeah, I'm the go-to yeah. English guy, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I went for it. I I didn't think much of it. I just, you know, it was like some student mm-hmm. film. I was just like, yeah, whatever. And then I get it, realize I got the lead mm-hmm. role. So I'm like, oh, so now I've got to like learn lines and actually make an mm-hmm. effort. <laughs> and I, look, I've always had a good work ethic. I don't know where it comes from. I think it might come from my mm-hmm. parents. Maybe it comes from somewhere else. But I've always worked extremely mm-hmm. hard in anything I've ever done. And, you know, I gave it my all. And I remember like the, the first day on set, I was in costume and I was it's a bitterly cold day and it, it, something felt different immediately. So it was like, this mm. feels right. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, like I'm a musician. Um, it felt like that, but much more. Yeah. It was like that, but yeah. different, you know. And at that point, it kind of, it started to click like, this is something I want to do, but I don't know, you know, I just kept pursuing it, I guess. I didn't really think much of it. I just kind of kept trying and trying and it felt like maybe that was a clicking moment, but I wouldn't say that it really clicked until years yeah. later. But but at that point, that's an important point because then I, I got my YouTube account going up mm-hmm. again. I started writing music again for the first time in years. I, it, it kind of like the creative juices started flowing and then, once yeah. it did, it's like, we're back right. in business. And right. I think that was a very important moment because I started to realize like where I'm at my mm-hmm. best is when I'm creative. And I will say this as well for anyone listening, you'll create your best work when you start believing in yourself. Love that. And you start really just you know embracing everything you do. People are always going to have an opinion of everything that mm-hmm. you do. It's just life. You know, people aren't going to always going to understand your vision. They're not going to understand why you, why it is you do the things that you do, but embrace that, do it anyway. Cause honestly, you will get the best out of yourself by doing that. And your work will reflect Mm -hmm. that. Everything else is just kind of, you know, right place, (laughs) right time, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's being open to those possibilities, right? Like, the, the that that creativity the the focus that you get uh that in the zone sort of feeling uh opens opens yes. up the world for other opportunities to to come your way right it just it, it's and that's again a lot of successful entrepreneurs or just creatives in general have that ability to always sort of be open to other possibilities uh out there and that's, it yes. kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation of of putting out positive 
uh, feelings and just everything around that. So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, I just, I just want, cause I want to fully yeah. fit, answer your questions. Cause I, that always bugs me about podcasts yeah. when there's no circling back and it's like, Oh wait, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with all that there, you know, that everything from like flow state, <laughs> flow state to, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it is just when you feel like you're just kind of nailing it or everything feels right, you're in yeah. the right space, yeah. you know, but I also think it's important to be out of your comfort sure. zone. I think that's really important because that's when you get the best out mm -hmm. of yourself too. You know, um, you learn a lot about yourself through doing that. I kept pursuing acting over the years. And then I would say a couple of years ago, that's when it really clicked. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do with mm. my life. But then there's other things as well. Like I've realized I'm, I'm good at t telling stories, motivational speaking. I find it quite easy to just start talking about things off the yeah. spot. You know, like right now I don't have a script. I don't have anything. I'm not really basing what I'm saying on any one particular thing. It's just, I'm talking from yeah. the heart. And I feel like a lot of the time that's, the better thing mm -hmm. to do, you know, but we, but that doesn't, everyone works right. differently. You know, I'm not, I'm not having a go at people that use scripts. I just think that it's like, we all work differently. If this is the way that you work best, embrace it. If you work better with scripts, embrace mm -hmm. that, you know, focus on your strengths and try to work on your mm -hmm. weaknesses. So I kept pursuing acting and I would say last year, things really started to kind of, come together a bit more and now it's just like keep chasing keep chasing keep chasing keep pushing keep pushing and then we're gonna make yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> uh now your question about um it was it mindset was of how, getting how, the character. mindset of characters yeah, yeah i'm so well, i've always been fascinated around that because i you know i had some small like you know high school acting cool. stuff and i just you know that was obviously a long, long time ago, but just getting that mindset of just seeing some of the top tier actors nowadays, it just always fascinates me. So uh, how do you go about doing that or putting yourself in the, in that character? Well, that's a key question right there. Cause obviously every actor has a different sure. process. My personal process is to sit down and kind of break the character down and look at who they are and try to kind of, find myself within that like i look at it a lot like you've seen that movie the matrix oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. like plug into the mm -hmm. matrix and it's like they're there and they're almost like a version of themselves mm -hmm. but they're not the same person right. anymore right yeah it's kind of like that except you're you're not in any way connected with this person sometimes you might take stuff from your real life mannerisms or ways that you do things and put it into the character other times it'll be completely far removed from you mm -hmm. at all i pay a lot of attention to like i always if if people don't send it to me i always ask like what's what's the brief for this character what what do they think you know like i pay a lot of attention to how they speak and how they operate and i try to focus in on that and build the character from that Sometimes I'm able to base it on people I've met or, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can base it on characters that already kind of exist and, and try to, to build something from there. You know, there will always be a starting point that you kind of bounce off and then 
you take bits and pieces from life and start to build this character mm. more and more and more. And then at one point it'll click. Wow. Like I'll give you an example. The other day um, I was struggling because I'm, I'm building this character that I'm working on. It's like a gangster mm -hmm. character. And the whole British gangster thing <laughs> has been done like a million times. And I've got an idea, but I'm still working on yeah. the character. And, you know, my housemate threw this idea of like, well, why don't you try it with a different accent? Try it with this. And when I started kind of playing around with this character and almost doing like a an impression of someone else, <laughs> I started having a, a lot more fun with it. And I felt inspired again. I was like, oh, I could throw him like mm. this or we could do this with him. Or And that's kind of that's where cool. it, you build the character. You, you kind of like try to walk in their shoes and imagine like how they might be thinking and feeling, but there are different schools of thought. Um, I subscribe to the Stanislavski method, which is basically like you try to, when it comes to acting, like draw emotions and feeling from real life, personal experiences, but pull that into the mm -hmm. character so like a lot of the time when they're like right you need to be angry you need to be upset like i'm really angry i'm really upset right. but i'm not really angry or upset about the thing i'm just channeling that emotion 100%. yeah and then then it becomes more about right push me push me push right. me push me right. right so i really need a director in those moments to just keep kicking me keep prodding yeah. me and then boom we'll yeah. get the take that's a, that's amazing amazing stuff i've always been just again curious about that and how others mm -hmm. like you, you know uh, what's it called method acting with uh, like jim carrey does where whatever where he just mm -hmm. plays a character the entire time even on an offset uh how <laughs> just wild that can be just to be able to fully put yourself into a, a character in someone else's shoes does that sure. change depending on the character or maybe the script that you get in terms of how you go about doing it or are you still kind of finding that process of of uh putting yourself in that character like would it depend if the type of character they put in front of you or the, the script itself i'm still yeah. finding it like i'm not going to sit here and say like i'm an expert act um like i said i've been acting for five years but most of the work i've done has been like voice <laughs> acting which is a different process yeah. entirely um but yeah, no, I, I pay a lot of attention to the, the, the stuff that's given to me. And I, I do research. <laughs> like I'm, there's another character that I'm doing at the moment who's like a, a magician from like a different <laughs> time period. And so I'm doing a lot of work just watching other magicians cool. of the time and seeing how they move <laughs> and interact and like their cadence, the way they speak, everything. Uh, and then also because the, 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 the show will have like me and, and another actor playing this character at different times mm -hmm. in their life. So oh, we're cool. trying to kind of like match each other and, and, and yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. And it's a process. Yeah. That's the best way I could put it. It's a process Like we were talking about rehearsals the other day and I was like, great. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. do it. Let's do rehearsals. Let's build kind of a framework of, of how this show is going to look and how it feels. And, and that'll give me an opportunity to like, focus in on how the character moves because that's another thing as well like it's easy to to focus in on like an accent or uh, just the dialogue or like putting the emotion through. It's, but it's everything it's it's little yeah. things you know like i've given this example before but like i remember seeing a really old siri and mckellen um 
interview from like the 70s when he had brown hair. That's right. how old it was. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I mean, he was talking more about theatre acting, but he was like, you know, next time you watch a theatre performance, pay attention to like what their hands are doing. Oh, interesting. Or their legs yeah. or their body. You know, a lot of the time they're still, they're, they're, they're not doing mm-hmm. anything. A lot of the time you can communicate certain emotions. Certainly. With, you know, the shake of the wrists, some shaking, some some body movement yeah. you know it's, it's it's the whole process it's it's life it's based right. on life that's the thing like when you start to look at it more like and so that now i do a lot of people mm-hmm. watching right? so i have to be careful like people because people are like oh, <laughs> yes i am <laughs> i'm trying to i'm using you for right. homework but um it's a lot easier in summer because you can put right right on just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, but I, I do that because I'm looking at people and I'm like, right, what's a natural, normal behavior? How mm. do people react in this scenario? Um, for instance, I mentioned it because I just had on my, on my show a guy called James Anita, he's an mm-hmm. actor. And we were talking about, you know, for instance, when they ask you to be drunk, mm-hmm. most most actors will immediately start flailing around, like, oh, right. and like, right. like maybe at the right at the end of a <laughs> night when you're being thrown out of the club, maybe that's what that right. looks like. But most of the time, when people are drunk, if you think about it, you're you're trying not to be right. drunk. You're mm. trying to pretend to the bouncer, like, I'm not mm. drunk. What do you? I can speak very clearly. What do you mean? Like, you know, just yeah. Or and and there'll be little things like your eyes will be off a bit, or you're glazed yeah. over, or you do that thing where you kind of just like stare off into the distance, <laughs> that blank stare. pick up yeah. a bit. Like those are the mannerisms mm. of an actual drunk person who's trying to be sober. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's little yeah. things like that. I know that's, that's awesome, man. And you mentioned that I want to transition a little bit here just to focus on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, you're, I think 253 episodes in almost 300 or so. Yeah. yeah. About, about to, about to be released 253. Cool. It's crazy. Man. So I, yeah, it's, it's a, I'm sure it's just a lot. Of, <laughs> A, a lot, lot. <laughs> a lot of work that's gone into maybe too yeah. much. <laughs> what have you, you know, I, I guess the biggest question I have in, in regards to the podcast is not only like why did you start it, but like what are you what are you mm-hmm. getting at getting out of it? Is there an end goal that you have in place? Are you doing it just to to have like a creative outlet? Um, there's so many like things I want to know about the journey of, of starting and having almost 300 episodes in, you know, what's, what's pushed you to, to continue going or what are you personally getting out of it? And uh, let's just talk about that a little bit more. I'm really interested on, cause I'm only like 11 episodes in, right. You're almost at 300. So there's been so much you probably learned along the way in the journey of, of having an actual sustainable podcast. So, Unlike most people that started a podcast, you know, when it was popular, I w- I always wanted to do a podcast because I remember listening to podcasts in the 2000s mm. when it was just becoming a thing, but it was a very like niche thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was a big fan of the, the Ricky Gervais show, oh, yeah. um, the original incarnation. <laughs> I binged, listened, watched mm-hmm. that. Like, I don't know how many times they did audio books, which were essentially mm-hmm. podcasts. And I was just fascinated by this, you, this idea that you could tell stories in an auditory form. And it was much like, like, have you ever been like in a pub or a bar or just like some, you're just sitting there 
and listening to people tell yep. stories. And you don't even necessarily have to be part of the My conversation. My wife does that It's just all fascinating the time. to listen. <laughs> we'll leave right. and she'll be like, did you hear what these people were saying on the side? I'm like, no. She's like, <laughs> she's like, They're going on this. But, that. <laughs> you know, like, but sometimes it's fascinating, right, like truly. Right, right. And it, it, you learn so much and you gain so much. And I feel like that's such a big part of life is storytelling. Yep. Everybody right. loves a story. <laughs> and, you know, storytellers if you find someone that can tell a good story, I mean, it's right. fascinating. Yep. And I've learned over the years that I, that I'm a good storyteller, but I had to learn like how to do mm. that. And I think it, it is an art form, but it's something you always have to be working at. And, you know, I take my time telling mm -hmm. a story, you know, I, I, I think it's, it is possible to do cliff notes <laughs> versions, but you don't really get the, feeling of it you know and that's why a podcast is so great because you're not restricted by time it's as long as you want it to be you know i've had people say over the years like oh your podcasts are too long or you know whatever I've, and i've tried over the years shorter longer my kind of ethos is it's as long as it needs yes. to be yeah. you know some shows are longer some shows are shorter it's as long as it needs mm. to be you'll know when it needs mm. to end yeah <laughs> But that's kind of where it started for me. And truthfully, like many other things, like my YouTube channel, et cetera, like I just never really had a good idea. So it was always just kind of in the back burner and, and things were always occupied my mind. And there was always things going on. And it just, I guess I didn't really think a lot about the idea of doing a podcast until many years later when I was at uni. And I trialed the idea of doing like a wrestling podcast. <laughs> but mm, the interesting thing about that was that you had to be like obsessed with that mm -hmm. thing. And like, I'm a big believer in doing research and preparation mm -hmm. for things. And I found it quite overwhelming, this idea of like watching all this wrestling within one week and then doing a weekly show right. about it. Like, I don't know how people <laughs> do it. Fair play yeah. to you. It's just a lot. And then, so I, you know, I left that on the back burner. And then years later, um, what you know, when the world shut down, I I started, you know, doing this show with a few friends, and it was very short lived, but it was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. I was like, "There's something in this. I love this." I still, by the way, I'm open. If anyone wants me as a regular there guest, you go. <laughs> uh, no, but because I, I love that, I love that feeling. I love being able to sort of sit there and tell stories and yeah. have fun, and like you can you can make a really genuinely good show yeah. out of that, so long as everyone is there and committed to an idea of having a good conversation. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. that's integral yeah. to that. When the show ended, it ended after like seven or eight episodes. I was devastated. I was like, "Oh man!" It, it felt like my my first proper band breaking <laughs> up again. I was just like, "Damn!" Like we had something mm -hmm. and. You know, like the other two were just, they just wanted to do other things. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, sort of run its course. And I was like, all right, fair enough. So I still wanted to do a show. And I thought, why not? Like, let's just yeah. do it. You know, I didn't have a clear plan. I knew I would probably interview people, but, and I'd already been doing like YouTube videos, like long form content, commentating mm -hmm. on things. Um, so I just started yeah. and I started interviewing people and I found that I can do that. I found like I can get people comfortable to the point where they're willing to 
tell me quite a lot because something I've noticed over the years is that people feel very comfortable confiding in me, like sometimes even strangers. (laughs) And like, I'll never tell your secrets. I'll always keep them like that. But it always kind of alarmed me. I was like, why are you telling me? Like, this is... But I guess it's like the feeling that you create. Like if people feel they can trust you, if they feel calm Mm -hmm. and safe around you, they'll tell you anything. And my show has never been a... It doesn't have an agenda. I'm not trying to catch people Mm -hmm. out. I'm just trying to explore people's life stories Mm -hmm. and and everything it is that makes them who they are and what their motivations are. And, you know, you build a picture of a person or you build, you know... Uh, a clearly structured show based on a topic that they've brought mm-hmm. forward, you know? And then, so if it's one of those episodes, it becomes more about two people coming together with their individual research and, and like having a really good discussion yeah. about something. Yep. The point is you show up prepared, knowledgeable about something and you have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I guess over the years, you know, you get more confident you see shows come and go all the time. You know, there's jokes yeah. about that. I mean, even the word, when people say they're doing a podcast, I think what many people just kind of wince <laughs> when they hear that. Like, oh, you know, because, you know, there's so many shows. They exactly, just, they, yeah. look, there, there's a stat that was put out last year, I think, for Spotify. And it was estimated that there's 5 million podcasts that mm-hmm. exist in the world today. 4 million of them are active. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. But if you think about that, like that's such an oversaturated oh, for market. For sure. Yeah. I, and yes. Sorry. I, uh, I, I was, I thought this is something I heard too, that only 1% of podcasts reach a certain, uh, mm-hmm. or some, some crazy number, right? So like out of all the podcasts out there, there's only a small amount that actually make it to, I don't know, like episode 20 or 30. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a crazy number. Um, well, this speaks to motivations as well, because you asked me why I yeah. do my show, and I'll get to that yeah. in a second. But like, I think this is the problem when people start their shows; they have too high expectations from the get-go. Like, they see something like the Joe Rogan podcast, sure. and they're like, "Wow, that'd be amazing! I want to do that." And it's like, yeah, but you have to remember that Joe was doing that for so many years, years. <laughs> and his show sucked <laughs> for years yeah. and he'll oh, admit yeah. that because look i'm a big fan yeah. of him i think his stuff yeah. is fantastic but he even yeah. he said that like the show <laughs> had to kind of go you know and he was trialing right. different things as we do with anything mm-hmm. in life and then eventually he got to a point where it's like oh this there's something mm-hmm. there i've been doing this now for like four yeah. or five years i'm going to try something a little bit different the thing that was interesting with his show is he scaled back a little bit and made it more about his interview style with mm-hmm. his guests. Certainly. It was less about three guys having fun at yeah. a table. And and look, don't get me wrong, there were some good episodes there, especially with um, people like Diaz sure. on there and stuff. Like There was some really good stuff. Um, but it wasn't quite... And he, he'll still have shows yeah, like I, that, but even right. those shows that he has yeah. now, they have clear structure. Like he's still mm-hmm. leading it. He's still guiding the conversation. It's never just a chaos. Right. You know, there's too many shows out there, too many podcasts out there where it's a group of buddies and they think like, oh, this, you know, we have such great banter. This will make for a great show. <laughs> but you, and you can, you can do that, but you have to have clear structure. Sure. Like PKA already is, is a really, really good example of that. Painkiller already, I think yep. is the show, if you've heard of it. Um, that's a group of buddies but they've they've been working at it for so many years 
and they'll still have a clear structure. Like one of them, be it Woody or Taylor or Kyle, will guide it. More, more so, it tend to be Woody, I think, that guides mm-hmm. the conversation, at least to kind of push it forward, push it along. And they'll do podcasts for yeah. hours and hours and yeah. hours. But they'll clip it up, they'll have structure, and that's so integral to the podcast mm-hmm. process. I think a lot of people forget that it's a show. It's not just a thing, you like you just hit record and that's it. Like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many people drop off because of the sheer magnitude of it, how much work you have to put into mm-hmm. it. And then the other side of it is the fact that like, look, if you're trying to do this to make money, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me give you a reality check. Okay. Unless you're like a celebrity or um, a business per- person with like a lot of money that you're willing to just fire away in a cannon outwards and just burn mm-hmm. it all. <sighs> That doesn't even guarantee that you'll get a success, but it will give you a fighting right. chance. If you're starting this from scratch and you're a nobody and, and no one knows you, and I know that sounds yeah. really harsh, like because everybody mm-hmm. is somebody, but the reality is it's extremely difficult to build a following. Um, I've made it very difficult for myself. I don't have a niche. I kind of interview everyone and I've kind of made my thing about life interest stories and discussions. Mm-hmm. And really, I think... <sighs> To, to enjoy my show, you have to kind of be a fan of me and that like, who am I? I'm not, I'm a nobody, you know what I mean? I'm not anyone you know, so why should you care? And there's a lot of shows like that where it's, you kind of just have to take yeah. a risk, take a chance. Yeah. The niche shows tend to do better because they are niche and they have a clearly defined mm-hmm. audience. For all the shows that give up, they give up a lot of the time because it's either too much work or they haven't made money mm-hmm. yet. Like I said, I've been doing my show four years now can it make money? Yes. Will it make money? It's hard mm. to say. I, I could see it happening, but I think the only way it would really happen would be if I had the money to invest in it to the point where I could push its production value. Mm. And also, look, getting regular guests on there that everyone wants to sure. see. And then, of course, me becoming somewhat known and successful. Yeah. Like All these things have to kind of align before that can mm. happen. It's not impossible that a show that's unknown becomes successful, but a lot of the time, the shows that become successful are the ones that stand out for a clearly defined Mm. reason. Other than that, it's just grinding, to be honest. I mean, PK and Joe Rogan, like they went for years and years and years and years before they they ever got to the successes they're at now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, delayed gratification is something that is like, you know, people have to really kind of put that in perspective with a lot of things that they're doing business or relationships or life or what do you name it delayed, you know, in a world where we can order something on Amazon and get it the next day, you know, the podcasts are, you know, a, a really good example of what delayed gratification, but a question to you, like almost 300 episodes in, like what has pushed you to continue this? Is it, you just love doing it? Uh, are you getting something out fulfillment wise or like what has kept you because again, I'm 11 episodes in, I've been debating whether or not I want to continue. Right. But like what has pushed you, to, what has wow. pushed you to, to continue to go down this road and, and keep uh, putting out these episodes? I think when there was a point, I don't know which episode number it was, but there was a point where I realized that the show was much bigger than myself. Interesting. It was like, like I've always been amazed by my guests. Like I've interviewed people from all around the world 
inspiring stories, upsetting stories, mm-hmm. motivational stories, funny stories, you name it. I've seen it, I've heard it. But then it started to really push me to be better, to do better. Mm. Being a podcaster has made me a better conversationist. Certainly. Yeah. It's it's improved everything in my life. It's also something that I can, whatever's going on in my life, I can always hang my hat on that and say, yeah, I'm doing mm-hmm. that. I've done that. I'm proud mm-hmm. of that. I'm proud of myself. Not many people can say they've done 250 episodes of a podcast. And it's not me trying to show yeah. off either. I'm not saying like, oh, wow, and I so great. It's more like a, when I think about that over the years, have I wanted to quit? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did I quit? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't quit because I don't believe in pouring your heart and soul into something, doing all of that to then just quit. Why? Because you didn't become successful Mm -hmm. because people didn't get Mm -hmm. it because, because why? Like you have to be doing this for you. I just released a a video on, on YouTube, actually funnily enough today about freedom and content creation and basically creating stuff for you. And a lot of the time, that is when you start to attain success is when you start putting your stuff out there that makes sense for you. Maybe it doesn't make sense for other people, but that's what makes you stand mm-hmm. out. If you focus too much on oh, the algorithms and, or what's the popular topic that everyone's talking about, or mm, I need to get this guest. Cause then that, that'll get me like big views or big money or whatever. Like, no, like everyone's trying to yeah. do that once in a blue moon, someone gets successful with that. But a lot of the time people Mm -hmm. don't. So what does that leave? It leaves doing things that have like a heart and a soul. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to allude to, because I digress a little bit, but I keep doing the show because I believe that it has something to offer. It's a source of inspiration. It inspires me. And to be honest, a lot of the time when I finish the show, I'm like, damn, I wish more people would hear this because it inspired me and inspires the 10 people that listen to my show. Um, I really wish more people would hear this. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny. But like at the same time, it's it's kind of tragic as well because it's like people may never hear this. And I I really wish they would because... Damn, it inspires me. Like, I'll give you a really yeah. good example. I had um, the professional voice actor, John Bailey, on episode 250. It was incredible. For those who don't know, he's the voice of um, Honest Trailers on YouTube. Oh, really? <laughs> he's done loads of stuff for Marvel wow. and What If, and he's done like some Transformers stuff, all these wow. amazing, amazing things, right? And so that was yeah. huge for me. And when we got chatting, we, we spoke about voice acting. And... I realized that this man was basically dealing with the same things I'm dealing with, but on a different scale. And that just blew my mind. Here's a guy who's at the top of his game. Fantastic. You know, has friends in the industry, like really, really, and humble, great guy, good person and and hardworking and professional. And I really like the way he thinks and and works, but like he's dealing with the same stuff. Mm. And on top of that, he's got like, personal challenges as well that you'd never think about that make it all that harder and really I guess 
what it really made me realize is that like human beings, like we have so many challenges and things that we're facing each and sure. every day. And no matter how successful we may or may not be, fundamentally we're yep. the same. Thousand percent. And I think maybe that's, to, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I keep doing it. I set myself a goal of doing it for 10 years and four years in. I want to inspire people. I want people to come away from my content and anything that I do feeling like life is yeah. worth living. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way. I, I love it, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, a lot of, a lot of great in, insight here, uh, a lot of great value. And, you know, I, I really truthfully enjoyed uh, the conversation that, that we've had today. Um, final question for you. And this is sort of what I asked all my guests really is, you know, it, everything that you've gone through in your life and you continue to do, what would be a tip for newer entrepreneurs who are looking to get into anything, business, acting, voice acting related, you name it, being a musician, what is one tip that you could, you would give them while, if they're looking to start their journey into going out on their own and, and uh, seeing if they can follow their passion, I guess. take the risks that no one else is prepared to take. Mm -hmm. Take That's the risks that no one is willing to take or others are willing to take, right? Well, to expand on this a little bit more, have you ever suggested the idea of doing something and immediately everyone around you was like, oh, I don't know, that's really risky. Yep. Like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, or it only happens for a select few. Da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. Think about how many people hear that and then choose not to pursue something. Be one of the people that pursues something. Mm -hmm. It might not happen overnight, but it yeah. might happen. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Where can everyone find you on the internet, the glorious thing of what you call the, the internet? Where can everyone find it? Where should they reach out to you if they're looking to get in touch? Best place to go would be my website, christianreeve.com. Um, if you go to the links section, there's ways to contact me. Uh, my email address, uh, so it's contactchristianreeve at gmail.com for general business inquiries or for my podcast. There's a section on my website for my podcast as well. Um, but it's, yeah, it's christianreevepodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, christianpkreeve. YouTube Christian PK Reeve. I'm very easy to find <laughs> if you just if you just search my name, I'll be there somewhere. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 everywhere really, and uh, I'm not I'm not that difficult awesome. to find. And uh, yeah, would would love to have to have you all yes. on board. Hope this show has been as good for you yeah. as it has been. Yeah, everybody definitely take a look at his podcast. He's got some great stuff. I dove into a couple of those UFO ep episodes uh, the other day, and oh yeah. Yeah, I loved it, man. Well, listen, Christian, again, thank you for the time. Um, you know, everything that you brought today, I think is, is really great and valuable. And um, thank you again for your time, man. It's been great to talk with you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.